Hawks Live. Every Thursday from 7 to 9, live on air on 710 ESPN Seattle. Now, here's your host, Paul Moyer and Michael Bumpus. That's right. I am Michael Bumpus. He is Paul Moyer. You're listening to Hawks Live from CenturyLink every Thursday at 7 right here on 710 ESPN. Before we jump into the New England pages, we got to talk about last week's opponent, the Atlanta Falcons. Russell Wilson had one of his best games as a professional, 31 for 35, 322 yards, four touchdowns. The offense looked a little different, but I feel like the main, I guess, topic of this game is Jamal Adams. This guy had a great game, got to the quarterback, had a bunch of tackles, brought a lot of swag and energy to this defense, made this defense feel like they're playing on a different level. You match that with Russell Wilson's play. Uh, it looked different, Paul. It was like everyone expects his team to come out and run the football. I'm not going to say the phrase, the let Russ do his thing. People were satisfied with what happened. Um, Chris Carson didn't touch the ball that many times, only seven carries, six or seven carries, but he was a factor in the past game. This offense just looked a bit di- diff- different. This defense looked a bit different. What did you see out of this whole deal? Well, I you know, superstars are important in this league. You know, you can, you can have a, a bunch of great players, but you, you need playmakers. Yep. And, and what Jamal Adams is, he's a playmaker. And, you know, I was telling somebody earlier, I go, he didn't even play his best game, you guys. No. He's just been the best we've seen in such a long time in the secondary because I think he's the best safety, you know, pretty much hands down in the NFL. It, it is his energy. And, you know, when you see a guy who's enthusiastic, who's a leader, it brings everybody else yeah. up, too. Sometimes, you know, you, you, you play it cool. Like, I, I'm looking to say, well, did he get excited? <laughs> you know, I can't get all excited if I'm not the man. Yeah. Well, Jamal is the man. Um, he, he makes plays all over the board. And sometimes he makes mistakes and he makes up with it with effort and certainly skill um you know 12 tackles a sack he also had you know another i think he had two quarterback hits two tackles for a loss um made some plays on third down made one on uh, julio jones knocked the ball down early in the game yeah. as well but we're just getting started with this t- this defense you know it, it, he made some mistakes you know watching the game and i think pete talked about it as well and that's what excites me even more. I mean, he played the best I've seen a safety play in a long time for the Seahawks. And uh, he, I would say he, he played 80% of what he's capable of. 80%. I yeah. like that, Paul. And, you know, he did make a mistake. Everyone looks at that late touchdown that they feel like Shaquille Griffin mm-hmm. gave up. But you hear Pete Carroll talk about it. He said Jamal made a mistake, ran into Shaquille. That's how that happened. Um, I The thing I found most exciting about the defense was that there was a sequence where I felt like Jamal Adams came up and made a play, and then Diggs made a play, and then Bobby made a play. We're talking about Jamal Adams, and quietly, Bobby Wagner had a great game. Mm-hmm. So what I like about that is, like, you're not depending on Bobby. Remember last year was like, if Bobby doesn't do this, if Bobby doesn't do that. Now we're talking about Jamal, and that's going to take some pressure off of Bobby. I would, I would like to think as a linebacker, when you feel like you have a guy behind you who has your back, you're allowed to play more free. You know, and it it did seem like Bobby played more free. You know, I didn't feel like he was pressing as much. And he, I thought he played phenomenal. He had a couple busts, too. He had one where there was a play-action pass. He, I mean, you can see it when a guy claps his yeah. hands like, oh. <laughs> and he, he, he could have had an interception if he turned and looked up. I want to say it was either Ridley or, or Julio Jones on a deep end. Um Diggs played well. Yeah. Diggs, and this is the one thing that we're trying to get back to is a really physical football team. So you come through that line, you better have your head on a swivel if you're a running back or a wide receiver. Those days, it seems like they're far, they're, they've gone away that you can't hit anybody. Yeah. Well, Diggs will knock you out. 
<clears throat> Jamal Adams will knock you out. Bobby Wagner will knock you out. And then you're starting to see all these other guys say, okay, this is fun. I, I'm, I want to be a part of that, too. I even saw Dunbar. He made a nice hit on the sideline. He was all jacked up about it. So I, I think we're going to see the identity of this team as one. We're going to be very physical, at least in the back seven. Mm-hmm. And I think we've got playmakers across the board. Dunbar made a play. Lano Hill was out, yeah. was out there making plays. That I feel like that is an example of the infectious energy and passion that Jamal brings to the table. Now, we got to talk about Russell Wilson. I mean, the guy was incredible. It's it's almost like we're spoiled. Like, we got this week one. We got this mm. performance out of him week one. So now people are going to expect this to happen every single week. I tell people, simmer down. That's one week. I feel like they might have taken advantage of opportunities that were presented to them offensively. I still feel like they're going to have to run this football for this team to be successful and open everybody up. What was your overall thought? about this offense. DK had a, a good game, but he had a bad game at the same time. Tyler Lockett mm-hmm. was consistent. What are your thoughts about this offense? Well, I liked what we did uh, from an identity standpoint and that, hey, we, we can still get the ball to the running back. So one, one thing we've not been very good over the years is screens. Yep. You know, you, some people say, why don't you run more screens? Well, because it takes a lot of execution on that. You know, I mean, you, you got to go and actually do it a lot in practice and the, the timing of it. Um, I thought we ran them really well. And maybe a part of it is with Damian Lewis. You know, maybe they did that when he was at LSU and he was comfortable. Uh, Posick, he was a center at LSU. He's back to his natural position. So I saw those guys leading out in front. It was really fun because both those are pretty athletic big guys. Yeah. I'm having Damian Lewis on the one touchdown Carson had on that screen. I mean, he was high-stepping. He was in the end zone and knocked a DB on his butt Love it. just to finish the play. Love it. Um, so I didn't realize he was as athletic. I thought he was more of a brawler. No, he's he's got some skill and he can he can high step it too. So I, I, I like what we've we where we are and here's why. What are you gonna do if you're New England? Yeah, how do you prep for this? It, so now, okay, we've always said, well, we got to stop the run, do you? <laughs> I, I mean, you just had a guy go 31 for 35, and, and you know, you, you saw the game and have studied it. I, I don't know if Russell threw a ball within an inch outside of a receiver's body. Yeah. I, I never saw a receiver have to extend his hand or go die for something. The only one I saw somebody extend their hands was when DK on that fourth and five play, mm-hmm. it was a go route, yep. and he just put his hands out like a bread basket, and the ball was right there. I think Russell's the most accurate quarterback in the NFL. People don't t- – you can go with Aaron Rodgers. I, I, I watched Matt Ryan, uh, Cam Newton, watched him uh, last night and today. Uh, they have bad throws. They have a throw where they're under pressure where it, it sails on them or a, a guy has to go down and, and or stop and slow down. There wasn't one pass in this game of the 35 that a guy had to slow down and it didn't hit him somewhere right around the numbers. They uh, didn't have to slow down. They hit him right in the numbers, and this is without a preseason. Now, Russell doesn't play much in the preseason. He plays, what, week one, and then maybe again week three he'll get – 10 to 12 snaps, maybe two series. So he did this without those extra snaps. It only leads me to imagine, like, what would he have done if he had a few more games to prepare for this? That's just lets you know how prepared this guy is. You know, I heard Jake Heaps talk about him working with Russell during the offseason, how he is obsessed with just being perfect. Now, perfection is never going to happen in a game. I've never seen a perfect game in my life. If you have, Paul, you let me know when you saw it. No, I, well, it was it was awfully good what he did. And his decision-making, that's another thing that just goes unnoticed. Or It's just not – there's no way to sometimes factor it in into an equation, a stat, right? Yeah. But his decision-making is remarkable. When he escapes – um, I remember the one where he escaped early in the game. He was running hard to his left. And I can't remember who he threw it to. It might have been, uh, been Tyler on the sideline. 
Man, it was just a bullet. But I seriously, if you were a wide receiver and just threw a bunch of stickum all on your body, <laughs> you wouldn't have to catch a ball. It would just stick to you. He would hit you in the body. Blitnikoff. Then Blitnikoff needs to get all the sticky and stuff and, all And uh, also Lester Hayes uh, on on defense. But for you as a wide receiver, I mean, you've got to feel pretty good when you're running your route that, you know, I mean, I have to stay perfect on this route. He's going to see that. It yeah. doesn't matter if I all of a sudden bend something on the outside. That's got to be an amazing feeling. And and he's going to put the ball where the, the defenders aren't. That's yeah. a lot of erratic quarterbacks will throw you high, get you knocked out, throw behind your back. He's going to put the ball where he feels like, okay, he can catch it and he could run after that. Russell Wilson and the Seahawks had a great debut. But coming up next, we will dive into the Seahawks' week two opponent with Tom Coran from the NBC Sports Boston right here on Hawks Live. Hawks Live, every Thursday from 7 to 9, live on air on 710 ESPN Seattle. You're listening to Hawks Live with me, Michael Bumpus, and my guy, Paul Moyer. Every Thursday, 7 o'clock, right here on 710 ESPN. And right now, we get to talk to Tom Kern from NBC Sports Boston. Tom, how are you doing today? Tremendous. What's going on, guys? You know, we're hanging out. We appreciate you staying up late for us and, and, and taking time out. My first question for you was, what was it like seeing the New England offense take the field and having a different quarterback run the show? It was a little surreal. You know what? It was a little surreal, but it's such a, a huge personality and it's such a compelling player who had so many talents that he was bringing to the table that you didn't get really to focus on the guy who wasn't there because the guy who was there was compelling in his own right. So it's a good question, and, and that was something that I noticed. I'm like, you know, if it was Jarrett Stidham or Brian Hoyer, I might be getting a little Brady um, nostalgia here. But I wasn't, and I don't think a lot of people in New England were, just because they replaced him with really the ideal replacement to forget, as much as you will, about someone like Tom Brady. It is amazing. I mean, Cam looks like and we'll get more to Cam here. It looks like he's having fun. Yeah. You know, I mean, that was the one thing. But you know, I I just think it's so impressive. Just your thoughts on what what Bill Belichick and Josh McDaniel have done. I mean, this is I just got done watching them this morning, and this off. I mean, the read option, the play action, everything about this offense, maybe the, other than to the running back running game, is different. I mean, how impressive is it just to see what they've done in really the short amount of time, too? It's not like they've got double days all, all, all camp to do this. No, I mean, it's really remarkable. And when you look at it, you know, this is why McDaniels, even though he had, you know, the time in Denver that didn't go great, <coughs> excuse me, and then, uh, you know, he left Indianapolis standing at the altar. This is why McDaniels is so sought after. It's not just... Tom Brady and Bill Belichick. I mean, McDaniels is the offensive mind, and he's the one who dealt with Brady, and he'll be the one who de- deals with Cam, and, and they did. They reconfigured everything in really a five-week span. And what's interesting about the per- personnel the Patriots have now is they are a really good run-blocking line, and I think that those guys warmed to the task of a lot of that read option and triple option and quarterback draw stuff that is now on the table with Cam. Well, I was going to say another thing that's impressive is, and again, this just shows how good a coach as they are. It's the execution of it. You know, the timing of that, that read option. And, and, and it's a yep. complex running game. I mean, the Seahawks, they got their hands full coming in this week. It's going to be a battle for them to try and stop this running game. It is. 
But it, as Josh McDaniels pointed out a couple of times, this is an entirely different polar opposite defense. It's, you know, it's a, it's a one gap front that penetrates as opposed to Miami two gapping and kind of hanging out and waiting to see what you're going to do. It's blitzing secondary players. It's zone defense. So that everybody's facing the line, even in the secondary, as opposed to, you know, playing man and turning their backs to the line of scrimmage. And there are much more impressive players really starting with Bobby Wagner, but certainly now I think including Jamal Adams on the Seattle defense, which has a program in place, which is, worked for years and years. This isn't their first time seeing it. It's whether it's Kyler Murray or Jimmy G or Goff or Cam back in the day, they have seen this type of offense. So they're not going to be caught flat footed a little bit, maybe the way Miami was. Tom, one of the knocks of Cam Newton was his leadership. Now I don't think he is a bad leader. I just think it looks different than your Tom Brady's, your Drew Brees. Um, what have you seen out of Cam thus far when it comes to his leadership? Everything's gone great, so it's been great. You know, he he shares his enthusiasm. Um, I think for Cam as a leader from afar, I used to look at him as it just it seemed like he and Brady could do this too. Certainly, I think every quarterback can. Although I don't know if I've ever seen Wilson do it, but you know, he got a little hangdog when things went poorly for him, and he wore it all over his face, and you know, the towel over the head and, and all that stuff. I guess they all do that to a degree. But with Cam, it, it seemed to compound. But right now, everything's going great, so there's been no opportunity for him to be anything other than over-the-top enthusiastic, and guys are gravitating toward that. You know, there, there's names here that people know. You know, certainly Julian Edelman, and, and I think maybe a little – I'm an Arizona State guy, so Harry, you know, we, we I'm pulling for him to do well. But other than the secondary, which, which is phenomenal – Say, say some names out there that uh, the, the Seahawks fans out here may not know about that uh, they're going to be uh, fun to watch this week. Sure. Defensively, it'll be Juwan Bentley. He is going to be in the Hightower role. And you guys know Hightower well, who was in the Mayo role. So he's the nerve center of the defense. He's a fifth-round pick out of Purdue. Hadn't played a ton in his second year. And now in his third year, he is the brains of the defense. So you have him at the second level, Ben Chase Winovich is really looking like a guy who's going to start to play well on the edge at that outside linebacker spot. So those are two big guys. And then there's a kid, Byron Coward, who played good in the middle. They also got Adrian Phillips, came over from the Chargers at safety. He played great last week in place of Chung. And then on offense, you know him. I mean, it, it, that's that's it. It's Harry and Edelman and then a bunch of schmoes uh, to be rude about it. Uh, and then after that, it's James White. So, you know, James White, Sony Michelle, Julian Edelman are, are the offense. I mean, Nikhil Harry, sad to say, even though you're rooting for him, very much an unknown quantity, and it's very much three steps forward, two steps back with him. All right, Tom, now the Hawks have a former Patriot on their roster now, Philip Dorsett. Um, he didn't play that first week, had an injury that he's dealing with in his foot. When he is healthy, when he is ready to go, what type of player should the 12s expect out of this guy? Fast guy, good teammate, good hands. If he can get to it, he catches it. But he's not a guy who works inside the numbers. And that I always felt was a really a, a knock against him because he's about a 5'10 wide receiver who doesn't work inside the numbers. He timed it 4-3, but he doesn't really play that 4-3. We'll see if Phillips can 
excuse me, Philip. Who the hell is Philip? We'll see if Russell could get something out of him um, with that down the field speed that the Patriots didn't really. He's he's okay as a third or a fourth, but you're not going to want to center the offense around him. If those other guys, Metcalf and Lockett, are drawing attention, absolutely you're going to find favorable matchups where Philip Dorsett's going to be open and have some big games. And if he is open, he does catch it. I was thinking uh, going into this game, their defense has been so good. You kind of mentioned it with Dante Hightower and Patrick Chung both opting out with the, from the COVID. Are you surprised how well the defense played last week or, you know, just another Bill Belichick stunned. typical coaching no, game? absolutely stunned. Because it wasn't just losing Hightower and Chung. It's losing Kyle Van Noy and Jamie Collins and Alanda Roberts. Their entire linebacker room was gone, all of them. So that was a big deal. And for them to play the way they did in their first game without those guys was kind of astounding. Again, this is going to be a much different test. You have a quarterback who can buy time, move around, scramble on you if he has to, uh, a different style running back in Carson, I think, than, than what they saw last week. So really a hard matchup, I think. And, you know, if you're a Seahawks fan looking at this game, it's not the normal Patriots defense personnel-wise. A lot of raw players. Stephon Gilmore, uh, NFL oh, Player man. of the Year, Defensive Player of the Year last year, um, had a pick this year. I watched the film. Doesn't look like he's lost a step. He loves playing a man. He can play in the slot. He can play on the outside. What does he look like to you so far after week one? He's terrific. I mean, he's running routes for guys practically. Um, he gets aggressive, he gets handsy, and he gets called uh, twice this past week and also came up with that pick that you mentioned. Um, but I don't know if you put him on Metcalf because he likes to single him up with people. Sometimes they'll put him on the best receiver, but if the best receiver there, Metcalf or Lockett. Um, and even if it is Lockett, is the six-plus tall uh, Gilmore best served being on that guy, or do you put him on the number two or put him on Metcalf and then double Lockett? That's kind of what the Patriots like to do sometimes. So that'll be interesting to see where he goes because he's going to probably follow somebody. Tom, we appreciate you staying up. You go get some sleep, man. Thanks for taking time out to hang out with us. I'm sitting here, I'm sitting here watching the Celtics on DVR. Don't tell me how it happened. <laughs> I won't say nothing. Now oh, yeah. I don't like it. Yeah, you're our friend. No, we won't say nothing. Again. <laughs> <laughs> appreciate it, Tom. Thanks, Tom. All right. Bye-bye. That's funny. All right, coming up next, we chat with Seahawks linebacker K.J. Wright right here on Hawks Live. Hawks Live, every Thursday from 7 to 9, live on air on 710 ESPN Seattle. That's right, this is Hawks Live. He is Paul Moyer. I am Michael Bumpus. Every Thursday at 7 o'clock, we're here, right here on 710 ESPN. And today, we get to talk to K.J. Wright. K.J., how you doing, man? I'm doing good, man. How y'all doing? You know, we're we're hanging in there. It's football we're hang, season. We're hanging here at CenturyLink right now, the all three of us in this huge stadium. That's the new COVID way of doing doing a uh, Hawks live event. So every everything's yeah, different. Yeah, yes. So how you doing? Get back to normal here soon. Uh, we hope so, man. I, that, that would be nice. And you know, I, that, actually, I was going to lead into my first question for you, KJ. Jay, I mean, your ninth year. You know, think about your your rookie camp or your tenth year. Excuse me. Think about your rookie camp and this one. How? how, I mean, trying to explain to people listening how different it is your your rookie camp, probably two a days at times to this, where you know unprecedented times. 
Yeah, it's um, yeah, completely different, like you said. And um, as a young rookie coming in, you know, your eyes are wide open, don't know what to expect, just trying to get on the club and and start your NFL career. And um, you know, here I am in year ten, and um, just um, you know, experience got some some wisdom to me, and um, just out here, just just steady balling, adding to the career. So it's been a fun journey, and um, just got to just make sure that this tenth year is an awesome year. Hey, KJ, I watched you guys play last week, and it just felt fast out there. Now, we're just the old guys watching film and watching <laughs> you guys get to work. We're not out there. Uh, but is that accurate? Did it feel fast out there for you? What was your feel? It, it did feel fast. It, it really did feel fast. And, you know, we didn't have any preseason games. We went straight from training camp, which is fast as well. But as we all know, that game time, it, the speed, you know, everybody moving a little quicker out there. Yeah. And pushing a little harder, and so it did feel fast, especially there in the beginning. But as the game went on, it started to slow down for me personally, and um, you could start seeing stuff better. So it was nice and fast out there, and I love the way our defense looked. Our defense was flying all over the place. As you y'all saw, Bobby and Jamal was looking excellent. Benson was making plays, and so I love what I saw in our, in our first outing. It, it did look physical, and obviously that's how you guys like to play, and that's what you guys are known for, certainly during the Super Bowl run. But you guys got a lot of new players for you, Bobby. I mean, this is uh, – KJ, I'm, um, I'm thinking uh, of you got two new defensive ends. You've got even Diggs, who came in middle of the year. You've got Dunbar. Mm-hmm. You've got Jamal Adams. And, look, I thought you guys played well. The yardage d- doesn't matter. I mean, it's all about wins. But you guys obviously – can play so much better. What, what's it like trying to just coordinate all of these new new people? It's fun, man. This this group really gels really well together. Everybody's just happy. Everybody, you know, love each other. Just good vibes between everybody. And we still learning, still learning how each other likes to play, each other's style. And I'm saying this defense can be extremely special. You um you saw how many yards that Ryan had, and um you know we just we definitely want to limit that. But overall, if you watch the film, we played a, a really solid game. And so we've got to continue that. Um, we know this week's opponent. We know that their style of offense, and we got to make sure we take away what they do best and um, get the ball back to our offense so we can get another win this week. Now, KJ, you line up on the field, and you see some young some young guys out there. You got Trey. Um, you got Puna. Jay Reed's on the younger side. But then you look to your right and your left, and you see your boy Bruce Irvin, man. What was it like being reunited <laughs> with your boy? It's fun, man. That's when I, it's crazy. Like when I saw that he signed back, I was like, "This is this is just to get Bruce back to how we had him back in um, during the Super Bowl era." It's just fun, man. He's just the the life of the defense, life of the team. Um, to play linebacker on first down, come rushing the edge on third down. Bruce Bruce can do so much, and he and I tell and I told Bruce when they went out for for those practices during training camp, I was like, "Dog, we're not the same without you." We're not the same defense without Bruce on the field. And uh, I'm just glad that we got him back and he just add a whole new dimension to our defense. Well, KJ, I mean, it looked different on defense. Uh, you know, normally, you know, a little bit more vanilla, more three deep, some, you know, single free at times. You know, this time, I think Jamal Adams blitzed 11 times. I saw um, uh, Blair probably go four or five times. Talk about just the difference in philosophy, if it's changed, and how much are they blitzing you guys as linebackers, too? Yeah, I'm telling you, we, we're an aggressive defense. I felt like last year, we depended on the offense way too much. The offense built out of out of so many games, and the, and this defense is one that's going to be on the attack. 
we go get after it. You saw we coming off the edge, coming up the middle, and um, you know the linebacker sacks is gonna come as well. And so we we we're on the attack this year. Last year I just felt like we weren't as good. We weren't good enough. And we're just getting started. We got to make sure that we build off of this first win. The Patriots come in there. You know they're gonna have an awesome game plan. Go try to do some good stuff. We just got to make sure we put a you know our stamp on this defense on Sunday night. So let's talk about New England, KJ. Last week, you guys saw Matt Ryan. He threw the ball 54 times. Now, New England, they're going to run that rock. This is going to be a big boy type of football game. What are you seeing out of New England, and are you up for the challenge? I'm sure you are. Yeah, it's going to be, I think, a completely different game plan. You got, um, like you said, they passed it 54 times. This team want to come out, establish the run. They have really four good running backs over there in New England. Um, add Cam Newton in there. He, he likes to run the ball as well. And so it's going to be downhill football, 22 personnel, 21 personnel, you know, who who go tap out first. And so it's going to be a fun challenge. I've always had lots of respect for Cam Newton, both with his legs and his arms, and he's a competitor. And so it's going to be a tough game, I know. They have a good defense over there in New England, and so I think it'll be a good defensive battle. You know, Bob, I mean, keep calling you Bobby Cage. I don't know why. Hey, you um, call me Bobby I, again. I just, I don't know why. I, and look, he, I'm, I'm about I'm to. Up this phone. I, I'm, I'm about to say, Dave Wyman. I talk about you all the time. We thought last year was one of your best years you, you've had, and you know, just you're in your tenth season now, KJ. I'll get that right. You know, how is your body feeling? And did you feel last year was one of the best years you've had in your career? Yeah, last year was phenomenal just um to come off that injury year that i had before and to redeem myself um i was truly thankful that i could play as good as i did thankful for my training staff and the nursing back to health and so last year was, was tremendous and i'm just trying to build off of that that season my body feels excellent and um yeah man just ready to continue the ball and do what i always do make plays just have another good year I, I promise when we get Bobby on, I'm going to call him KJ three times for you. <laughs> make, make sure you record that for me and finish it. <laughs> so I can hear it. All right, KJ, what are you seeing out of these young guys? You got Jordan Brooks, a first-round pick. Cody Barnes in his second year. Ben Burkirvin is out mm-hmm. there. Or Do you feel like they're getting more comfortable out there being an NFL pro? I, I think so, man. I believe out of all the linebackers that Cody had the best count. You know, out, out of everybody, he's just somebody that's real instinctive. Um, got some picks out there. Just he's gonna have a really good career. BBK was out there hustling as usual, and um, even Brooks. Brooks looked good. He, you could tell during OTAs, picked up the playbook really good. Get out there during camp, shows his speed, shows his strength, and so this this linebacker group is tremendous. And I believe that it's something Bobby get tired, I get tired. I think they could step in and just we won't miss a beat. That's nice to hear. Hopefully y'all don't get tired. You out there getting 12 to 14 tackles out there doing your thing, man. Hey, I love what I saw that first week. I know you guys are going to keep that thing going. We appreciate you taking time out your schedule, sir. No doubt. Thank you, guys. All right, KJ. Thanks. Appreciate it. All right, you're listening to Hawks Live from CenturyLink Field. This is Michael Bumpus. That's Paul Moyer. You're going to call me Dave Wyman, weren't you? I would have deserved that. I would have deserved that. All right, we got you covered all things Seahawks. Coming up next, we get to talk to Mr. John Clayton right here on Hawks Live. Hawks Live, every Thursday from 7 to 9, live on air on 710 ESPN Seattle. I am Michael Bumpus. He is Paul Moyer. You're listening to Hawks Live from CenturyLink every Thursday, 7 o'clock, right here on 710 ESPN 
And now we get to talk to Mrs. Yeah. John Clayton. Paul's feeling this. You feeling this song right here, John? I'm feeling it. Are you kidding me? Yeah. JB's my favorite. There you go. Get up. Godfather of Soul. Godfather of Soul. Look at John. Yeah, you did say funk. I tried to get you into the techno last week, John. You weren't feeling that. You're a funk guy. I'm a funk guy. Yeah. I mean, I still remember my, my best musical experience is going down to uh, a bar called the, the Pinteth Bar in uh, Nags Head, North Carolina. And what I did is that I'm, I'm there with two of my buddies from Pittsburgh, and we're listening to music. I walked over to the band and said, this is the best music I've ever heard. You sound like the Horny Horns. And Maceo Parker from the Horny Horns says, yeah, we are the Horny Horns. JB just fired us. And that's, and that's when he went over to get more funk, JB, uh, trying to go into uh, Bootsy Collins and his brother, who's a drummer. And it's like, it was a, what, what a great moment that was. Great moment. What a great moment last week There was, you go. John. Good transition. Great moment last week. The Hawks came out. They dominated. And were you surprised by this offensive approach? And do you think it was they took advantage of a defense or they came out and said, look, this is who we are. This is who we're going to be. I think in part it's what they want to be, but they can't do it every week. But I think they could do it certainly against a Falcon team that had a, a terrible cornerback, you know, uh, Olivia Oliver, uh, Isaiah Oliver, who gave up 62% completions the week before, last year. And then you got a rookie in A.J. Terrell out there. So you have two young cornerbacks, and then they get injuries. Or nickel cornerback, he gets hurt and not able to play before the game. They lose another cornerback during the game. So they were totally vulnerable to this. And so it's like, take advantage of it. Can't do that this week against the Patriots. The Patriots come out with... You know, the best trio of man-to-man cornerbacks in the league. And so now you're going to have to find a way to go two tight ends, run the football a little bit more. But I think what you want to see is that they want more up-tempo in the first three quarters, and particularly on first and second down, a few more passes on first and second down. And I think you'll see more of that, but not as much as you saw last week. Have you ever been around a game where someone gave up 500 yards on defense, but you felt pretty good about it? Uh, yeah, eight games. Danny, Danny O'Neill was the one that really presses this stat. And he presses the stat that you know there's been uh, eight times that uh, there's been 400-plus yards thrown against Pete Carroll uh, on a defense than when he's in Seattle. They're 8-0. Yeah, and so it's like okay, so they they don't care about the meaningless yards. What they care about is just making sure you get the turnovers, you get the fourth down conversions, and that's the one thing that they were able to stop. They did such a great job on fourth down conversions. That was something that was a strength of them last year, making the big play to stop some drives. But it's even I think going to be more so this year. All right, John, I'm not going to lie. When I heard that the Hawks were picking up Jamal Adams for two first round picks. I was a little nervous. I knew what they were getting. At least I thought I knew what they were getting. But I was a little nervous. After week one, I feel good about this situation. How do you feel about it, I feel good. Because, I mean, and I'll even lean on Paul on this one, is because what you're picking up is a future Hall of Fame safety. I mean, he's a combination of Brian Dawkins and Troy Palomalo. And I think, you know, I'm not going to say he'll go down as the greatest safety in uh, Seahawk history because you got Cam Chancellor, Earl Thomas, Ken Easley. I'll throw in Paul Moyer and uh, Ah, Eugene Robinson. But again, what you're looking at is an incredible talent and an incredible playmaker. I mean, to think that you have a safety that blitzed 11 times against the Falcons, had four pressures and a sack. Tell me, Paul, have you seen one like that unless his name's Paul Amala? No, and certainly there's some comparisons there. Um, You know, when I I did a thing on him on the Seahawks.com, and and I told people, I said, this is going to look like a highlight reel, 
but this is just how he plays every game. He just makes so many plays. What I will say about him, because it, it will be interesting if he sticks around here a long time, that, you know, the greatest safety in, in Seahawk history, they're all different. Earl Thomas had a... You know, he was a free safety, what he brought. Cam Chancellor brought something different. Kenny Easley brought something different. And Jamal Adams, to me, is he's the hybrid. I mean, he can play any position, but he is a really special player around that line of scrimmage. And you know what's scary for, I think, teams watching, uh, John? He didn't even play that great for him. He he had some busts in the secondary. Um, he made a lot of plays, you know, t- tackles, sacks, uh, tackles behind the line of scrimmage. But he's going to be even better, and that's that's why I'm excited about this defense. Well, what I like about him, because I remember on Sirius Radio last year, I interviewed him, and I thought he was one of the best interviews, football-wise, I had had in the course of the year. He's so knowledgeable about the game. He's always learning about the game, and he loves the game. You can see it, and what you can also see... He can do everything, and particularly at a time like this, because you know people thought, "Oh boy, what stupid move that was at to take a box safety and give up two first round picks and a third round pick and a starting safety, get a fourth round pick back." But what you're looking at, and Matt Rule is the one who brought this in, coming from college to Carolina. You want positionalist players, guys that right now they can do so many versatile things. Like not only did he play, you know, strong safety on Sunday, he played some free safety too. I mean, he's able to play linebacker. I think he had 143 plays at linebacker last year when he was with the Jets. He can blitz. He can go all through the field. He can make hits. And like, for example, in a game like this against coming up on Sunday night when they play New England, it's like, okay, you have Cam Chancellor, Cam Chancellor-like hitting ability, and all of a sudden if you have Cam Newton trying to run the football, he can knock this guy out with a big hit. So can Quandre Diggs. And so, no, I think that uh, he is such a perfect fit. He was even more worth the price. John, you mentioned it. The Hawks are going to see a different type of offense this week. Last week they saw Matt Ryan throwing the ball 40, 54 times. Um, Do you think this defense is equipped and ready to play this style of football coming up on Sunday? I think so, yeah. Because, you know, what you you can see is that they're going to be a running team. I mean, they ran the ball, you know, what only only threw 19 passes last week. And so – the key right now is that, okay, the defense needs to obviously have a good game. That's going to be one of the keys for the season, to have a defense that can hold teams under 20 points a game. But this is one now where the offense needs to do some things because what you can see with New England coming in is do they have the ability to come back if they fall behind? And a running offense like this, we watched it last year in Baltimore, you know, in the particularly the playoff game against Tennessee, in the play, playoff game and also during the season – if you're a running team like this, you're going to have a hard time if you're going to be behind by 10 points. So the key right now is for the offense to come out, get a good start, and be able to have a 10-point lead, four-point lead if necessary at halftime. But I think this is one where, you know, and again, this is where a guy like Adams, Diggs, those guys can really come up, make some big hits on Cam Newton, and slow down things. So what do you think is going to happen this week? You know, what's crazy about it, I thought New England was not going to be good this year. And then I watched their game, and again, they played Miami. Defense is phenomenal. Running game is much more sophisticated than I thought they'd be able to, to pull off. Um, just just your thoughts on this week and who you think is going to win. Well, I think Seattle's going to win because I think it, they're the better team. I mean, here's a team that was able to 
make now additions to make it one of the most talented secondaries in football, along with the fact that they've added to the offensive line. They've got more speed on defense. You know, they've got more speed at wide receiver. So they've added where you've got a Patriot team that's subtracted. I mean, I contend that they're worse right now at wide receiver than they were last year because all they have is Julian Edelman, you know, N.K. Neal, who, of course, uh, was a first-round pick who always seems to be hurt. Now, he's got a D.K. Metcalf-type body, but he has you know, injury problems like that. You know, they got uh, Ryan Izzo and two rookies at tight end, and so they're worse right now in the pass-catching ability, so they have to rely on the one run. And so now you look at the defense, and it's like they've lost four of their top five linebackers, two of their top three safeties, and Danny Shelton. And so, sure, they can do an 11-point game against the Miami Dolphins, who had to revamp their offensive line, but what they can, can they do against Seattle? So I think Seattle has a big edge in this game. John, whenever I have a chance to ask you about a Coug, I got to do it, John. Garden Minshew mm-hmm. had a day. Is he a legit franchise quarterback, or is he just a fun story for the league? No, I mean, I think he's a good quarterback. Now, the question is going to be, how can he hold up on one of the least talented teams on football? And so far, he's held up great. Now, last year, he only won one game against a team with a winning record, but that was a big win against an Indianapolis Colts team that I thought with Phillip Rivers, the improvement with DeForest Buckner on defense, that that's going to be a team that's going to be an 11-win team. They beat him, and he completed 19 of 20 passes. I mean, think about this. We talk about the great performance, one of the great performances in NFL history last week by Russell Wilson, 31 of 35, 83.3%, 88.3% completions, and also throwing for 322 yards and four touchdowns. Minshew had only one incompletion, and that was debatable because I think it was a drop. I mean, how you, you've got to say something positive about Garner Minshew. I know Jim Moore always says something positive, but I just wonder, can you sustain it with the lack of talent around him? It's a, it's a cute story, John. It is. Hey, John, re- real quick, the 49ers, uh, you know, big loss last week. I don't know if it was completely unexpected with all their injuries, but you got Sherman who went on IR, which would be at least three weeks. Can they – I know they're a good team. Are they going to be able to hold up over the next few weeks versus the Jets, Giants, and then I think they have uh, Philadelphia? Yeah, I think it's – I mean, honestly, what I'm looking at right now, these are three games that they should be able to win. But I wonder if they're going to win you know, all three, and I tend to think they may, may not because what you're looking at is that they're down three cornerbacks of their top four on, uh, on defense. Then they're even more injured at the wide receiver position. And, oh, by the way, George Kittle has not pr- uh, been able to practice for the last two days because of a knee injury. You're taking so much out of that team. You know, again, I call it a Super Bowl hangover. It's now become a migraine. You know, I just get the feeling in these games against the Jets and Giants, which should be road wins, they might lose one of those, and then we'll see how they do in the home game against Philadelphia. Well, we'll see how they do, John. We appreciate you taking time. Keep it funky, man. Keep right. it funky. We'll talk to you soon. <laughs> it just make, makes my funks a P-funks because I want to get funks up. Let's do there it. There you go. <laughs> Jamal Adams stole the show last week in Atlanta. Coming up next, Paul Moyer and I will tell you what we saw and what we need to see from the Seahawks defense moving forward right here on Hawks Live.